I've had people say, you know, you're really nice, but I wish I never would have met you. I'm like, I know, me too. Me too, certainly not under these circumstances. Um, some families will create a new narrative as to how the person died because they don't want people to know that their loved one killed themselves. And so they kind of section themselves off. And um, so our goal is to go help them know that there are lots of people who've been through this and that you're not alone and that you can survive it. Dr. Frank Campbell, who's a clinical social worker and a PhD, he's the one who thought, you know, there's got to be something out there that's more active where we're going to go to you instead of you've experienced this traumatic event and you stumble around trying to find help. Um, and so that's a passive model. And he said, we're not going to do that. We're going to do an active model and we're going to go to them as soon as possible and say, here are your resources and here's support and here are people you can talk to. If you want to now, then you can, but if not, at least you know where to go. Today, we're talking with Tracy Maddox from MHMR Denton County. She served as the loss team coordinator for the past year, which is a program that provides immediate support and resources, as well as an installation of hope to suicide survivors as close to the time of their loss as possible. They're available to provide post-vention support and resources to bereaved loved ones, either on scene or when one is ready to find help. So Denton County MHMR Center is our official name. And we are the local authority for mental health, and also the MR part is mental retardation, which we don't use that phrase anymore. Um, it's um, IDD, so that's intellectual or developmental disabilities. So anybody in the county um, that needs our services who don't have insurance or who doesn't have access to um, good care, then they can come and get assessed and see if they would fit into our services. So I started off asking Tracy, what is the LOST Team? So LOST Team is a local outreach to suicide survivors. And so a suicide survivor is somebody who has lost someone they love to suicide. So it could be a family member, it could be a friend. Um, and we developed a partnership with the medical examiner's office. So anytime there's a suicide in our county, they will call us. And we send out a team to go to the scene where the suicide occurred and give support and resources to family and friends who are there at the scene. So our team consists of a mental health professional and what we call a seasoned suicide survivor. So that's someone who's lost someone to suicide, but they're a few years down the road and they've done some counseling, they've done maybe some group work, and they're at a place where they want to be able to help and give back and they volunteer their time and go out with us. And That's do awesome. That. So do yeah. they have to go through any type of training? We do. So the loss team is completely grant and donation funded. We uh, had a grant that set us up for the first year, and then that ran out on September 30th. And so now we're all donations. And the loss team coordinator position is part-time. And then everybody else are volunteers, and they're all trained, even our mental health professionals. Um, a suicide grief is very different than any other kind of grief. And so that loss is very stigmatizing. I've worked with lots of families that were humiliated that their mm -hmm. loved one killed themselves. Or um, they feel very isolated, like they don't fit into the world anymore. Um, some families will create a new narrative as to how the person died because they don't want people to know that their loved one killed themselves. And so they kind of section themselves off. And um, so our goal is to go help them know that there are lots of people who've been through this and that you're not alone and that you can survive it and that there's hope. That's one of our main, main things is to instill hope 
to these people because it feels very hopeless. And so we want to make sure all of our volunteers are trained on what that looks like to go out on the scene. Um, they're trained in crime scene etiquette. Um, our medical examiners come over for trainings and tell us about when you get on scene, we want you to do this. We don't want you to do this. And if you mess up our crime scene, we will not let you back. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, do not come back if you mess up our crime scene. You know, they're very, we have a really great medical examiner's office. The chief, uh, Troy Taylor's the chief medical examiner, and he himself um, is a suicide survivor. And so wow. his, gran- his grandfather killed himself. And so he always felt like, at least what he has told us, he's always felt like we have prevention and we have intervention. And then when intervention doesn't work, they go out and see the person who's deceased and see the family. And then they work the scene and then they leave. And there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There was nothing for anyone. And so postvention is what it's called, is really for the loved ones that are there, family and friends. Um, because people who have lost someone to suicide are ten times, up to 10 times more likely to either die by suicide themselves or another one in their family circle. So it's a form of prevention, too, to let people know, get some help, don't carry this around for forever. We can um, help you with groups. We're real fortunate in our county because we've got three Touched by Suicide support groups in our county that meet once a month at different parts of the county. And we've had some of our counselors um, donate time and they will work for free with people who come through the lost team so we've been really fortunate yeah yeah so do y'all only serve within Denton County or is there other places within Texas so we only serve Denton County Um, there are only two up and running lost teams in Texas Tarrant County has one and then us and it's a fairly new it's only been around for about 20 years 25 years the idea of this postvention model Um, And so there's other ones scattered across the United States. There's some in Australia, and there's some in Ireland that got started. And so um, Dr. Frank Campbell, who's a clinical social worker and um, a Ph.D., he's the one who thought, we've got to do something. There's got to be something out there that's more active where we're going to go to you instead of you've experienced this traumatic event and you stumble around trying to find help. Um, And so that's a passive model. And he said, we're not going to do that. We're going to do an active model, and we're going to go to them as soon as possible and say, here are your resources, and here's support, and here are people you can talk to. If you want to now, then you can, but if not, at least you know where to go when you're ready to get help. Yeah. So how often do y'all usually get calls? On average, before this year, we were getting about five calls a month. And so on top of that, we do, sometimes people will, will, will call us and say, I lost my son four years ago and I've never talked to anybody about it can you help us yes we can and so we'll go out and visit them at their home and so that's a delayed response we'll go out later and visit them Um, so we do that uh, as well so it's not just on scene stuff and but we also do delayed response and we go out now um, unfortunately we've had more suicides so far this year than we had all of last year dang and we've had a reasoning behind that Part of it is the population growth in our county, um, but we've had two days this year where we've had three suicides in one day, which is unheard of for our county. So, are there any success stories that you know of just from y'all's program? You know, we've had a lot of people that have said, after we've been on the scene, you know, we might interact with them, then maybe they go to a support group a few months later, that at the time they didn't really realize the help 
that they got. But then later they were just so grateful that we had been out there. And, you know, it's really wonderful work. I mean, it's very difficult, if you can imagine. It's very emotional work. And, you know, we're meeting with people in their worst day of their whole entire life. And then to see them several months later where they're finally able to go to a support group or put on some shoes or because it's a very debilitating people will not function for a really long time and so to be able to see people getting out going and doing calling getting counseling calling people that are in their support group getting help is very rewarding and so to be able to see them on their worst day to see where they are now um, is really great you know I've had people come up to me at different events and you know, I don't know if you remember me, but you worked our scene. I guess, of course, I remember you. <laughs> I do. And, oh, my gosh, how are you? And, you know, and you know, people are very still very tearful. You know, our program's only been going a year. And so even a year out, um, you know, it's very difficult still. But they're making progress. So is it the police that call you guys whenever they um, come to a crime scene? Or not a crime scene, come to a... Yes. Yeah, it technically is. Yeah, it's technically a crime scene until it's been ruled a suicide. Um, so suicide was decriminalized, and so that's why we say that people die by suicide instead of saying commit suicide. We try not to use that terminology um, because it just creates more stigma to it. Um, so the way it works in our county is generally someone will come home and find somebody that they love that's killed themselves, and then automatically they just call nine one one, and so then local law enforcement will come out. Um, depending on where they are, could be the county might be responding to it. And uh, so they'll come out, yes, someone is deceased, and so then they dispatch the medical examiner. So they'll call the medical examiner, hey, we have a suicide, and they get the information. And before they leave their offices, they will call our hotline number and say, we have a suicide, this is where we're going. And then whoever has the phone acting as our dispatch will look up on our calendar and see who's on call. We have people on call 24 7 and call the mental health professional, hey, this is where you're going, and our survivor, this is where you're going, and we have one hour to get there is our response time. Wow, okay. Yeah, the medical examiner tries to get there in 45 minutes, and so we want to get there around that same time mm-hmm. is when they get there, so, and then we go out. And how long does it usually take that y'all are at the scene? Sometimes it's fairly brief. It just depends on what's happening, how many people are there. Um, like 30 minutes, it could be up to, I think we've been two hours, two and a half hours, Especially if it's big and there's a lot of people there and a lot of stuff going on. So what is like the mood like whenever you get to the scene? I mean, is it like, does it feel really dark whenever you're there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're really sad. I say that after everyone, you know, we'll call our team when we leave a scene, we'll call and um, debrief ourselves with um, one of our managers who's always on call. And I always say... It was so sad. I mean, they're all just very sad. But And I feel like sometimes like what we are able to do is just a tiny little drop in the bucket of what they need. But most of our volunteers that are survivors had to be by themselves in their homes after everybody left and with nothing. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And, and they have said to us, we would have loved to have had a lost team be there. And so I know that we're doing good work. Um, but, but it is. It's very sad. People are in shock. Even if the loved one has been saying forever that they're going to kill themselves. I've had family members say, you know, she said it forever, but I cannot believe it was today. I thought she might do it one day. Her mental health was really bad. I just didn't know it was going to be today. And their pain is just as much as someone who had no idea that it was coming. 
So, um, yeah, and I think, you know, we try to train all of our volunteers. You bring all your own stuff with you to the scene. So I've worked um, different cases. One of them, uh, you know, that was more difficult for me was a lady who had lost her brother. And the way that she talked about her brother, who was bipolar, reminded me of my brother. And so some of the same stuff that she was saying reminded me of my brother. And my brother had been going through a difficult time. Right around that same time, we get the call, and then we go out to that. And so after that, I needed to debrief a little bit more. It hit a little more closer to home. Self-care is really important. We all make sure that everyone takes care of themselves as best we can. Um, Are you ever allowed to use, like, your personal stories whenever talking with someone? Yeah, so when we sit down, like, I'll tell people, you know, my name. I'm so sorry that we're here. I've had people say, you know, you're really nice, but I wish I never would have met you. I'm like, I know, me too. Me too, certainly not under these circumstances. And from the mental health perspective, professional perspective, I say, here's why I'm here. Here's what we're here to do. We're just here to offer some support. This is my uh, partner, and he's lost his son to suicide three years ago. And then, and it's really amazing what happens, because if you have not sat in that seat, there's, I don't have the same connection with them as someone who has had that same kind of a loss. And the people we're there to see will go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you lost your son. And our volunteer, I'm so sorry that we're here for for you and your loved one. And we'll kind of tell their story. And they're like, oh gosh, but you look so put together. And, you know, our volunteers, well, today I am. I might not be tomorrow, but, you know. And they'll tell us later that being able to see somebody who is a few years down the road helps them know that they can survive it. And that they, yeah. yeah, that just like makes sense. Like, yeah. when you tell the story, it's like, yes, of course, you would want someone there that right. can relate on a more personal level. They bring something very different than what the mental health professionals bring. Um, you know, I had when I was in high school, we had right after we graduated, we had a set of twins. One of them killed herself right after high school, and her twin sister killed herself 19 years later. And so, and this was, you know, years ago, but. You know, there is a component that it's, there's this multi-generational component to suicide, and we would like to try to stop that. Yeah. And so being able to say, here is someone who's been through it, and, you know, and it's amazing. Our, we have volunteers who are three years out. We have volunteers who are eight years out, you know, and to see the difference, even between someone three years and eight years, the, our eight-year survivors are helpful to our, our other ones who are three years or five years or something, you know. Everybody... And I don't, you don't really heal from it. I call it integration. You learn how to integrate it into your life and into your narrative and your life story. And so people who are able to do that, then they can come out and work with our survivors on the scene. If you have lost someone to suicide or have been affected in any way, you can contact MHMR. Tracy's going to tell us a little bit more about what they provide and the resources you can take advantage of. Anyone, if they have lost someone they love to suicide or, or in some way been affected by a suicide, then they can call our um, lost team number, which is 940-205-6706, and that's answered 24-7, and just say, hey, I lost someone I love to suicide X amount of time ago, and I heard that you have some support and resources for me, and then we will get them connected with that. Um, so that's kind of, that's our main, that's our one number for Lost Team, and we try to direct everything through that because that's uh, how we can stay connected to people who need us. Um, sometimes people lose someone 
uh, in another county or in another state. So we wouldn't know about that, but then they'll call us or someone will say, hey, my friend lost somebody and can you help them? And yeah, here's our number. Tell them to give us a call. So we do that as well. So if they live in our county, we'll come and visit them if they would like. Um, We've had people that they lived here and their loved one died in another state and we would mail them. We'd give out books and some other resources and we look up resources in their area and mail all that to people too. So we can do that as well. Awesome. Y'all services are free, correct? They're free. Mm -hmm. They are free. So all the support groups are free. We've got um, a trauma specialist that will work with anyone for as long as they need to for free. And we've got another counselor who um, has an open slot that she keeps for us that uh, she'll work with somebody. And then when they're through with their services, she'll take on another person. Um, And then kind of one of the things that we really try to do is keep up with people through the first year of their loss or the the first year that we met them. So um, because what they need right now might not be they need something different in nine months or something. Right. A lot of people will find... After the loss, they take them a while, but eventually after a couple of months, or some people have to go in two weeks, go back to work, you know, and it's very um, hard to concentrate and hard to, you know, work. And then six months later, they might be at the copier crying and coworkers walk by, oh my gosh, what happened? Well, my son died. Well, that was six months ago. Or and you're still, oh my gosh, you're still crying. That was like almost a year ago now. Well, yeah, I'm never not going to be upset that this happened. Yeah. <laughs> and so... They really need resources through that first year um, to keep them connected. So, and all of that, all that's free. Another thing that we um, is called, it's new, and it's called the um, Our Data Helps. And it's a new thing that they're trying to do with uh, researchers are pulling social media and finding from people who are have good mental health and people who are who have mental health diagnoses and people who have died by suicide. And you can donate your social media data. And they redact all the names and all the identifying stuff, and they just use it for research purposes. And they're finding that certain people use um, certain emojis and different pictures and phrases. People that are mentally healthy that maybe don't have a diagnosis or they handle, they have good coping skills, as opposed to people who don't. There's certain phrases that they use and certain um, characters and emojis and pictures that people put up. And so the more data that they can get donated both from both types of people, groups of people, and that's better. And so we put that, we have our little resource guide. So I put there, put that in there, and it's called ourdatahelps.org. And you can go to that and donate your data. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool idea. <laughs> that a cool I idea? Feel like it would be super helpful, and that doesn't take much of my time if I wanted to allow you all to use my yeah. media data. So. Yeah, and so the people that are doing that are able to write algorithms so that when somebody's posting something, certain applications that want to do it, they can send a, hey, are you okay? Uh, here, you know, or, or live chat them or something like that. What's going on? We saw you did this and this in the last couple of hours, and do you need to talk to somebody and that kind of thing. So. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. If you're interested in donating to The Lost Team, just visit dentonmhmr.org. And there's a button on the right side of the page. And they also take any type of physical donations as well, like water, mints, blankets, teddy bears for the kids, books for children and adults. So thank you again for listening and hope you have an awesome day.